What's going on? Matt Saboka here from Awesomeo.com, bringing you the Week 18 FanDuel Main Slate Contenders video, the last main slate of the regular season, and not a lot of teams have the luxury of resting their starters. A lot of teams with a lot to fight for here. Should be a very compelling final week of the season. Before we get into this one, go ahead and like this video, subscribe to the channel so that you always know when we're going live. You guys know what to do. It's week 18, for goodness sakes. And if you could give me, Matt Savoka, a follow on Twitter, at Draftaholic, that would be much appreciated as well. We'd also like to thank our presenting sponsor, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is offering player props contests for all major sports, all minor sports. Honestly, if you have a niche sport knowledge, there is no better place to play than Prize Picks. And we've got a ton of promos available for you guys right now. If you use promo code AWESOMO when you sign up, you can get up to a $100 first match deposit bonus. And it doesn't stop there. Go to AWESOMO.com slash dash promo and you can get up to a month, excuse me, you can get a month of Awesome Plus Platinum when you sign up for prize picks today. Get in on the action over there. Okay, guys, on the screen here, you see my 10 through one of my defenses. We don't really get into the defenses here. The defenses, there's a tends to be a bit of ambivalence when it comes to which defense to play in the optimal lineup. We see the top 10, 10 through two really have a 4% to a 9% chance and really no separation in terms of optimal lineup percentage. The Panthers and Rams are at 4% along with the Patriots. The Colts and Browns have a 5% chance of being in the optimal lineup. The Dolphins and Steelers, a 6% chance of being in the optimal lineup the vikings with an eight percent chance against the bears the bills with a nine percent chance against the jets now it's starting to make a whole lot more sense and finally the buccaneers at 4200 and a median projection over 10 fantasy points yes i know defense and special teams is a volatile position in terms of projecting it but against the carolina panthers at that middling salary i'm not surprised to see them in the optimal lineup 11 percent of the time let's get into the other positions Number five at the tight end position, it's Tyler Conklin. Okay, so 5,300 salary. That's a salary saving option on FanDuel. 8.1 median projection. That's okay. Not great. Five and a half point favorites for the Minnesota Vikings. That's okay. Not great. 43 and a half point total. Okay, not great. The Chicago Bears defense, though, 27th best in the NFL, according to Team PFF defensive grades here there's enough good not great for tyler conklin here that he's popping in the optimal lineup a decent amount sneaking into number five you know the ceiling really isn't there for a player like conklin although he did have nine targets tied for a season high last week but only 25 fantasy points in three percent of our simulations he's under 10 fantasy points 58 percent of the time still this matchup is good enough and the usage is good enough that Conklin could absolutely sneak into the optimal if he catches a touchdown. He's in the optimal lineup right now 7% of the time. At number four, it's Washington's John Bates. And Bates had a 92% snap share last week. So we're fine playing tight ends who are 4,600 are going to play every snap on a team that's favored by seven points despite being on the road. And the Washington football team not having the most spectacular offense themselves, 
The Giants are even worse defensively. They're ranked 26th in the NFL in PFF team defensive grades. Similar to a player like Conklin, we're not seeing Bates get to 30 fantasy points with any sort of regularity, just a 2.4% chance right now. But fundamentally, we know we can play tight ends like this who are every down tight ends, at least with the way the position sorts out. And they're on teams that are favored in these games so it's not exciting here he's in the optimal lineup exactly 0.1 percent more as tyler conklin but the salary saving is unignorable here 4600 is great and so we just really need him to catch a touchdown he probably gets into the optimal lineup at that point it's a good not great <laughs> that's the theme of the day for tight ends at least these value ones john bates in the optimal lineup just ahead of conklin 6.6 percent .6 of the time at number three, Rob Gronkowski. And finally, some ceiling for a tight end here. He's scoring over 25 fantasy points in over 15% of our simulations. And while the Carolina Panthers held Gronk to just two targets, one catch for 23 yards in week 16, I think we can consider that an anomaly. Week 14, nine targets. Week 15, 11 targets. Week 17, 10 targets. Basically, all the games around this Carolina game, Gronkowski went off. So I do think the usage is going to be very high here. Tampa Bay is leaning on Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski in the receiving game for the rest of the season. And Tampa Bay is favored by eight points here. They should steamroll Carolina on their way into the playoffs. Finally, a bit of a jump from the rest of the options here. Gronkowski comes in at number three in the optimal lineup 13% of the time. Number two, it's George Kittle at 6,900 on FanDuel and a medium projection of nearly 13 fantasy points. That's pretty good. You're getting pretty good value there. But similar to Gronkowski, you got to pay up a little bit to get those ceiling scores this week. He's scoring over 25 fantasy points 19% of the time. And due to the volatility of the position, over 35% of the time, he's scoring less than 10 fantasy points. So it is a little risky going to Kittle, especially because the Los Angeles Rams are ranked number one in PFS team defensive grades. And Kittle has only seen five targets over his last two games, 11 targets over his last three games. That feels like a far cry from the 27 targets he saw between, between week 13 and 14. He responded with 150 yards receiving in both of those games. We don't even know who the quarterback is for San Francisco, and it doesn't really matter here. I want to take some shots in tournaments uh, on George Kittle because the ceiling is so, so high when he does go off. He's in the optimal lineup 18% of the time. And number one at the tight end position, it's Zach Ertz. The best combination of game environment, floor projection, ceiling projection, and salary here at the tight end position. He doesn't quite have the same ceiling as players like George Kittle or Rob Gronkowski, but scoring over 25 fantasy points in 16% of our simulations, yeah, the floor is still there. 37% of the time he's scoring under 10 fantasy points, but he's had double digit fantasy points in three of three games over his last three starts. And he's been the de facto wide receiver one, receiver one on his team since DeAndre Hopkins was announced out for the year it's a little bit more volatile he's a tight end after all but getting that 12 point median fantasy projection at just 5600 that's invaluable this weekend zach Ertz popping in the optimal lineup with arizona being nearly touchdown favorites against seattle 21 percent of the time
at number five at the wide receiver position, Stefan Diggs. And honestly, it's a little bit disrespectful to see him all the way at number five tied with Cooper Cup. I guess there are salary-based considerations to make with FanDuel pricing this week, but still, Stefan Diggs' ceiling is fantastic this week against the New York Jets' putrid secondary, scoring over 25 fantasy points 27% of the time, which is essentially equal to the amount of times he scores 10 points or less. The median projection of 14.8 feels reasonable here. If he catches a touchdown, I think he easily gets there, and I think the ceiling is better for him than it is for a lot of players higher on this list. I definitely want stacks with Josh Allen. I find playing him with even other wide receivers on the Bills. This matchup against the Jets is just too good to pass up. We are playing plenty of stuff on Diggs, even though he's just in the optimal lineup. Number five, 16% of the time. At number four, it's Russell Gage, and this is a, valor, a value option. At number four, it's Russell Gage, and this is a value option at 5,700, and we assume that basically Gage is walking into the number one receiving role in Atlanta right now because Kyle Pitts is expected to be out, but the ceiling is nothing like players like Diggs or Cup below him in our value rankings. So yeah, we're seeing 25 fantasy points and seven to 9% of our latest simulations, but Russell Gage is a super volatile play. I think you can avoid him in tournaments, maybe large fields you can play him. It's the number 20 offense versus the number two defense in New Orleans. The the game total is just 40 points here. We're just projecting volume for Russell Gage. That's really all it is here. He is not as good a play as Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, or even Michael Pittman. But at that value, 5,700 on FanDuel, he's popping in the optimal lineup 16.6% of the time. At number three, it's A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown had kind of a down week last week. Just five targets, catching two for just 41 receiving yards. But he had 91 air yards, which is impressive unless you compare it to the week before when he had 16 targets, 11 catches, and over 200 air yards. And that is absolutely in the range of outcomes here for Brown against the Houston Texans defense. That is 29th in PFF team defensive grades. We see an essentially equal chance of A.J. Brown getting 25 fantasy points as under 10 fantasy points. And I think the ceiling is quite likely here, a median projection of nearly 15 fantasy points for Brown. Yes, I understand. The Titans are a rush first team, and as 10-point favorites, you would expect at some point they're just going to be running out the clock against a bad Texans rush defense. But how do they get there? I think they get there through the air with Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown. He's in the optimal lineup 19% of the time. At number two, it's Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson is awesome. He is number one in routes run, and he's number three in targets, number three in target share, number one in air yard share, number uh, one in deep targets. I, I could go on here. He's number four in fantasy points per game in a season where there have been a ton of wide receivers blowing up all around him. An incredible second year after an amazing rookie year last season, and now he's finishing his season playing the Bears' putrid secondary. They are 27th in PFF's team defensive grades, and Minnesota has vowed to play their whole starting core the whole game here despite being eliminated from playoff 
of contention. Over a third of our simulations, 35.9% of our simulations to be exact, have Justin Jefferson scoring over 25 fantasy points. That tells you all about the ceiling you need to know in this matchup. And while there's some natural volatility based on his position, I think he's getting to at least that median projection of 16 and a half points at 8,500. The salary is steep, but Jefferson is in a smash spot in the optimal lineup a fifth of the time in our simulation. And at number one, it's DJ Moore. We can't pass up the value here. The opportunity is going to be so high for Moore. Eight targets a week ago, but that's not even good compared to his last few weeks. 11 targets in the two weeks before that. 10 targets in the two weeks before that. We think Sam Darnold could absolutely pepper more with opportunity here against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that ranks below average in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing offenses. So I think it's generous to call Tampa Bay the ninth-best defense in PFF team defensive grades, at least not right now. I know Carolina's offense is atrocious. They're the second worst team in the NFL in PFF's team offensive grades. But still, 20% of the time, DJ Moore is getting over 25 fantasy points. He kind of needs two scores to get there. When you have that kind of floor and ceiling combination, and then you're talking about a salary of 6,100, you can understand why he is the value play that the computer is prioritizing in so many simulations, he may not have the best ceiling. You may want to prioritize other players in your tournament lineups, but DJ Moore is popping in the most optimal lineups 22% of the time. To the running back position number five, Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle is expected to be the workhorse running back in a game with a decently high 44.5 point total. The Rams are favored by 4.5 points, and we've seen over 20 opportunities for Michelle in three straight games. They actually had 20 opportunities three games ago. I digress. He's getting used plenty in this offense. In 26% of our simulations, he's scoring 25 fantasy points. That's pretty darn good. I know San Francisco is ranked eighth in PFF team defensive grades, but they've got some holes in the defense all over the place. The secondary is one of their weak spots, but I think if the Rams pass plenty in the first half, they're going to be leaning on Sony Michelle to run out the clock on this game and this season in the second half, which means that he could easily rack up the touches and the usage here. Sony Michelle popping in the optimal lineup 14.3% of the time. At number four, it's Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook playing the Chicago Bears. I think Minnesota wants to make a statement here with the, the level of talent they believe they're at, even though they're eliminated from playoff contention. Dalvin Cook talking earlier this week publicly about how he was planning on playing and playing hard for the entire game here. And if he does, he'll pay off at that 8,700 salary. We're seeing a median projection of nearly 19 fantasy points. We're seeing him get over 25 fantasy points in 43% of our simulations. And there is a distinct advantage in terms of team PFF grades, offense versus defense here. And we don't expect the Bears to put up much of a fight with Andy Dalton under center here. There is some shootout potential though. With Minnesota struggling defensively, that could actually lead to some back and forth here where Dalvin Cook may be needed through the air. We know what his efficiency is like when he gets the ball in his hands. We don't care if he gets usages, usage through the receiving game or through the rushing game. We just want touches here and we'll get them in spades. He had over 30 opportunities in two of his last three games. Not surprised to see Dalvin Cook, even at 8,700 in the optimal line, lineup 17% of the time. 
At number three, it's Nick Chubb. Cleveland Browns are favored by six points despite starting Case Keenum this week instead of Baker Mayfield already ruled out. And that's essentially because on Cincinnati, they're starting not Joe Burrow, but Brandon Allen. And in the backfield, they're starting not Joe Mixon, but Samaj P. Ryan. And so we think that Cleveland can control this game, even though there's no expected points, essentially. 38 is the Vegas total. We want to play running backs who are, who are getting 20 opportunities and are six-point favorites, even in this middling matchup and at 8,200 in salary. Chubb, at least when healthy, can absolutely break this game wide open. One thing I will say is that we might see Chubb sit in this contest. He definitely didn't look 100% last week, but these are the projections if he does play. Obviously, this is just Friday afternoon Eastern time that we're recording this, so we don't know here, but the way that Vegas projects this game script, Chubb could dominate here. He's in the optimal lineup 22% of the time. At number two, it's Jonathan Taylor. I'll keep this short and sweet. He's really, really good. He gets a lot of touches, sometimes through the air, but it doesn't really matter because he's favored by 15 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's scoring 25 fantasy points in two thirds of our simulations, if at all possible. Pay the 10,200 in salary for the security, safety, and ceiling of Jonathan Taylor. My goodness, he looks like a good play this week. And at number one at the running back position, it's that value option, just like at wide receiver. We're expecting 20 plus opportunities for the Washington football team's Antonio Gibson. Missed last week on the COVID-19 list, but when your team is favored by seven points, even on the road, we're interested, especially in that running back who's 6,800 and has some pretty decent talent when healthy in Antonio Gibson. Now he's a little beat up, he's got a hip injury, but doesn't look like he's going to miss this game. In nearly a third of our simulations, he's scoring 25 fantasy points. That's not the same as two thirds of the time like Jonathan Taylor, but the median projection compared to salary based expectation and the talent level is good enough for Antonio Gibson to sneak into the optimal lineup just a few percentage points more than Jonathan Taylor at that number one spot basically by a technicality is Antonio Gibson this week. And finally, the quarterback position. Yeah, in the middle section here, you're going to see a bit of ambivalence, almost like the defense. But at number five, Ryan Tannehill, 7,300, 19-point median fantasy projection. If you listen to my matchup show, you know how I like to talk about projection compared to salary-based expectation. That's all this is here. The Houston Texans are really bad defensively, 29th best in P PFF's team defensive grades here. Tannehill has a 25-point game in him, 46% of the time here. I'm fine with that. The floor is pretty good as well. So it's not my favorite. I want to get to premium salary quarterbacks if I can, especially if I'm stacking. But Ryan Tannehill, maybe pair him up with A.J. Brown. Not surprised to see him in the optimal lineup 7% of the time. At number four, it's Tyler Huntley, announced as the starter for the Ravens once again. And Huntley is a middling option, of course, but the salary compared to the projection is what we like here. 20 fantasy points at 7K. Yeah, he's going to pop in the optimal lineup plenty here. And he's actually supported 
wide receiver ones, tight end ones, and Mark Andrews. So even the pass catchers don't necessarily get so much of a demerit here. If Lamar Jackson's starting, obviously they have a higher ceiling, but they have a pretty decent chance of hitting nonetheless with Huntley here, who has some upside with his legs as well. That's why we're seeing 25 fantasy points in 57% of our latest simulations. Pittsburgh, this defense has been really, really suspect over the course of the second half of the season. They're ranked 16th in PFF team defensive grades. Not surprised to see Huntley in the optimal lineup just ahead of players like Tannehill and Wentz. There are other value plays this week. We'll get to one in just a moment. But Huntley popping because of that solid floor and ceiling in the optimal lineup 8% of the time. At number three, essentially the same percentage chance of being in the optimal lineup as Tyler Huntley, it's Taysom Hill. Same story, right? 20 plus fantasy point projection, under 8K salary. Hill actually has a higher ceiling, in my opinion, against this Atlanta defense, which is just atrocious. 29th in PFF team defensive grades. We're not expecting a lot through the air for Hill. I mean, 222 yards passing last week, that's better than 154 and 174 yards passing, which had been his previous two starts. But I'm not really expecting a massive game through the air. I'm just hoping he scores multiple times with his legs on the road against the Falcons here in the optimal lineup. As I said, the, the same amount as Huntley. If you want a value option, I think actually Huntley is the better play. Hill just has that slight bump in, in ceiling. That's why he comes in at number three. At number two, it's Kyler Murray. And now we're at the premium tier at quarterback. Not surprisingly, we're seeing the ceiling scores of these players compared to the rest of the field just dominate, just dominate. So that's why we're seeing a lot of players from a strategic standpoint kind of lean on premium salary quarterbacks, especially on FanDuel, where it tends to be a little bit easier to fit in those stud players. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals favored by nearly a touchdown in the highest total game of the main slate. It's been up and down for Murray and the Cardinals since DeAndre Hopkins was ruled out for the rest of the season, but they are figuring things out with players like Christian Kirk and Zach Ertz and AJ Green. That's why we're seeing a 60% chance of Murray scoring 25 fantasy points. He might even do it alone with his legs. His median projection is 22.2 fantasy points. And in that case, the 8,400 salary would absolutely be worth it. We're seeing separation here from these last two players compared to the rest of the field. Kyler Murray in the optimal lineup nearly 13% of the time. And finally, the number one play on DraftKings at the quarterback position, it's Josh Allen. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense, right? 16 and a half point favorites. Yeah, the total's kind of low, but that's only because the Jets basically have under 13 in implied points here. They're not projected to score any points at all against the Bills' top five defense. Still, I don't think the Bills take their foot off the gas pedal at all. They are going to pass and pass often. That's why we're seeing nearly three-fourths of our simulations. Josh Allen is scoring more than 25 fantasy points. His median projection is essentially there, 24.7 fantasy points to be exact. I don't think the Jets stand a chance. Despite how well they stood up to Tom Brady, this defense on the other side is very, very different. And Josh Allen in the offense has no interest in slowing down here as they roll into the playoffs. Even at that super high 8,800 salary, Josh Allen is in the optimal lineup 
15% of the time. And that is gonna do it for the week 18 main slate FanDuel edition of the Contenders video. If you're looking for the DraftKings version of this video, it's around here somewhere. Go ahead and look for it. We will be back tomorrow with our Sunday night football picks, the last Sunday night football game of the regular season. It's been a wild ride this season, and we will have all the playoff content you would want over at awesomeo.com. Until next, next time, I'm Matt Savoca. We'll see you guys later.